0: our worst day so lord we worship you this morning knowing you are the lord came yesterday today and forever this morning i feel like god would have me say to you i don't love you based on your performance i love you somebody came in i paid a debt i did not owe says the lord Hallelujah, Father, we worship you. This is overwhelming. May we just be overwhelmed in your presence and overwhelmed in your love this morning, Lord, as we love on you, we say this morning that we love you. Oh, how we love you, Lord, we love you forever. we love you, God, we love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Would you just lift your hands and say that this morning? Just he he longs to he longs to hear you say, "I love you, Lord." I love you, Lord. I love you forever, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I thank you, Lord, for being there for me, Lord, for your kindness, for your goodness, for your tender mercies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I worship you. I love you, Lord. Lord. Come on and say it. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, from all my heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Come on, put your hand on your heart because he means you. love of God. And oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. And oh, Hallelujah! Can we just lift up a praise right now? Just lift up a praise. Lift up a, your voice. Lord, we worship this morning. We adore you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in our midst. Thank you for coming and filling us and with an overflowing love. Lord, we just ask you, just like that song says, God, we ask you to tear down every stronghold. That's been erected in our minds against the knowledge of the truth of who you are, the knowledge of who we are. Lord, we got to know who we are in you. So, Father, we just thank you today that that enlightenment comes to us, that revelation comes to us. Revelation, knowledge from the throne of God, comes to us this morning unhindered and unchecked by any force. We check our hearts right now. We check our minds right now. We declare uncluttered, declare them uncluttered and ready to hear. Just a a a. a blank pallet ready for you, God, to speak to us, that we are good soil, ready to have the word planted in our hearts. Lord, we declare that we will bear a hundredfold return on this word we're about to receive this morning. We bless you. We love you. And we seal this prayer in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Come on, shout amen this morning. Amen. Would you turn and greet the person on your left and the person on your right? Find somebody to Say good morning to you. Let's get the lights on in here. My gosh, it's dark. Yuri, turn on the ones on the side over there for me. Good morning, good morning. Georgina's back. Georgina. I know, I know. How are you? Oh, so glad to see you. Glad to see your face. Yes, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm Good. Good. All right, well, it's Selfie Sunday. Can you get a picture and post it on social media? (laughs) (laughs) Murray. Wonderful things. Memorial Day, and today is a day where we honor those, all of those who um, have paid the ultimate price for our freedom. How do you know freedom is not really free? Somebody paid a price. You know, and we know Jesus paid the ultimate price for, for our deliverance and freedom and so that we can have a declaration of independence from everything that the enemy could, could ever bring into our lives. But there are real people who today, Daddy didn't come home. husband are over there right now. But it is half of all who have died overall died in the Civil War. Amen. So um, thank God there's always been Americans willing to die for what's right. Amen. Praise God. And so if we could just pray for just a moment for, for all those who are living their lives today without that loved one who went on our behalf. Father, we just lift them all up before you. We lift, lift up these families that are, that are carrying on without that loved one who paid the ultimate price for us, Lord God, and for our country to be the country that it is today. So, Father, we just, Lord, we just ask you to help those widows that are dealing with it and, and even, Lord, the husbands that were left behind. Or as a family, have you have someone in you. They both serve. Uh, okay, so June, uh, Tuesday, June the 4th. Okay, great. Wonderful. And that starts at 630 here. So um, you definitely want to amen. All right. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? All right. Let's get going. Um, inside your welcome packet. There is a connection card. If you're here for the very first time, we welcome you. We're so glad that you decided to come in a part of our server card and all we'll, All right. Then also. All right. You ready for the word? All right, let's hold up our note sheets as we honor the fact that the, the written word, the word of God is about to be planted in our hearts. And uh, what we do with that word, we, if we decide become, to become a doer of that word, it's going to bear fruit. But I have to decide I'm going to be a doer of this word. Amen. So say this with me. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say, Come on, you gotta manage yourself. Yeah. Amen. Well, this year we are declaring this over this entire year. We are we are we are pressing towards fruitfulness as God spoke in the beginning of the year that this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness. So we are we are, are learning and focusing with a with a real focus and purpose towards bearing fruit and bearing fruit that remains because Jesus said. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. See, you just think you chose God, that one day you got saved, and, well, I decided to to follow Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No, you responded to him when he came and got you. Amen. Amen. So you didn't choose me, he said, but I chose you, and I appointed you, and I anointed you that you should go and bear fruit on time. You, you can't say, well, I wish I would have been born in this time or that time. No, God chose for you to be born in this time right here. You are specifically chosen, created, designed to be born in this time, to bear fruit and fruit that remains. I don't care how bad it gets. We're here to shine the light of God. We're here to let his glory. We, the Bible says to arise and shine for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So the glory of the Lord is on us. We just have to rise up and shine. Amen. So we've decided this whole year in January, we decided it would be uh, uh, all about Jesus January. So we began to learn about fruitfulness and what it was all about, abiding in the vine. And then February, we decided first things first. We need to get things in order in our lives. And then if we're going to bear fruit, we've got to know that God is a more than enough God and that there's, he's put more than enough in me to do all that, that I need to do. God puts something in you. I need you to know that God has put some stuff in you to raise you up to uh, bear the fruit that he wants you to bear in your life. And then in April, we decided it was about about the Father's business, how Jesus was about the Father's business. He's got some business for us to do. So we got to be about it. And how many of y'all felt like Pastor Laura did a great job last week? Oh, I'm telling you, I got to come take my church back. I'm a little nervous. And y'all are kind of far away. Y'all. Amen. Come climb the pews if it gets good. Praise the Lord. So she did an amazing job. I listened. But um, thoughts, and you'll manage your words. You've got to manage what goes on up here so you can manage what comes out of right here, right? Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And whatever we're saying out of our mouths is what we're going to live. So we need to make sure that we're saying what we want rather than what we see. So it was so important that she, that she taught that message. I know y'all were in good hands. Um, James 3.2 says this. If you could find someone, maybe you came. So number one, an unmanaged life is open to destruction. So when we don't manage our thoughts, we allow any thought to come along. We allow thoughts and you open your says, beloved, third John two, beloved. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So that means my soul is my mind. My will, my intellect, my emotion. You've got to rule over your emotions. You cannot let your emotions rule over you. You will be a hot mess. Always living, you know, on your sleeve. That's not the way God wants you to live. And so we, we want to close the door to destruction by managing ourselves. So an unmanaged life is open to destruction. Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says, Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Message says a person without self control is like a house with his doors and windows knocked out. Amplified says it like this like a city broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no we're not managing ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. We set ourselves up for trouble. All right. So God's plan for our life is not it's not destruction. He has not planned destruction for us, but he has planned dominion. He's what did he say to him in the garden? Are y'all awake this morning? Or wake up. What did he say in the garden? He said, "Be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion." Have dominion. Okay, so it's like I've given you the keys to come into the church and 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 work or or do whatever. Let me that's a bad analogy. Like I gave you the keys to come into my house. I gave you the keys. All happen for us, and I believe that a lot of us kind of have a, maybe a a, a lotto faith. Or slot machine faith. I'm just waiting to hit mine. Waiting to hit mine. But see, the Bible says to follow those who through faith and pay, walk by faith and not by sight. Manage your finances. We have to manage our finances properly. You know, we have to have a job. We, we have to have a job. We cannot not have a job not working if it's not enough. If you can't pay your bills, you got to do You have to look at it and say, I got to do something. You can't say, well, I'm just waiting on God. That is foolishness. You've got to get a second job or you need to, you know, find something else you can do, a different job, so that, so that, you, can, so that you can make ends meet. Amen? Yeah. Until God does something. You know, you do your part. That's where the power of God meets you, and I think that's where a lot of folks miss It's the power of God meets you when you call and set an appointment for that interview you don't, you're not even skilled for. On, yeah. You know, the, it's, that's when the power of God meets you is whenever you step out, God, I'm going to do my part. But see, many of us are sitting back. God meets you when you step out. That's where the power of God meets you is whenever you step out, when you get up and go, when you go look at that new house, whenever, you know, and then you start to think, and it's not as hard as you think. It's not as hard as you think. If you just go, the power of God will meet you. That's for somebody this morning. I'm telling you, if you'll just go, if you'll just take that step, if you'll just step out on nothing. You know, I think many of us, many times, and this is later in my message, but many times we feel like, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, fail. I don't want to say I'm going to go do something and then it not work out, then I look stupid. You know, the Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. If you make yourself of no reputation, I don't care what I have to do. To make enough money to to provide for myself or for my family, I don't care. I make myself of no reputation. God, I'm willing to go do this or that until something else opens. But I'm willing. I'm willing to meet you. Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. So, um, number two. God's plan is not just to bless you, but to build you. So He's got a plan to bless us. He does want to bless us. This is it then God blessed them and He said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply." have dominion, which, you know, that's their part to do but with the power of God um, behind them. But God wants to build you, not just bless you. He wants to build your life. It's not just about getting blessed. It's about getting built. He's building us. He's changing us. You know, God is a builder. He's a car. He was a carpenter. He's a cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone. He's building a, himself a house of people. Yeah. Ephesians 2.22, it says that in him... <coughs> you too are being what? You're being what? You're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So God is building us individually and as a, as a church and as a, fam- as a church family. And it's as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, I feel like that's one thing God really wants me to get across to you this morning is that it's, it's in cooperation with the Holy Spirit He doesn't expect us us to do it all by ourselves. He sent you a helper. He sent us a helper to help us get to that place. You know, that's what the builder is all about. He says something to you. He talks to you. And we choose to, to agree with what he says and go with what he says. Or we choose to ignore him and stay like we are. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. He's taken us from glory to glory to glory and changes us. And makes us as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So he's the managing helper. We're the managers, the CEOs of our lives. But he's the helper. He's the one called alongside to help. Amen. First thing in the morning you ought to wake up. And acknowledge your help. help. Benny Hinn wrote a book years ago called Good Morning Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who's there to be with him every single day. Good morning Holy Spirit. My ears are open to hear you today sir. Speak today. Speak today, and I'll listen. It says that we have an unction from the Holy One. Lord, I'll, I'll obey every unction. I'm sure that the problem's not on your part. I'm sure it's on mine. So I declare that I'm open to hear every unction from you, every rhema word from God, every do this now, don't do that, peace. I feel the peace of God in my heart, which is like an umpire. You know, sometimes everything looks good, and you want to go through this door or go through that door, but something in your spirit says, something just don't feel right. <clears throat> That's the peace of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, no, don't do this or don't do that. Even though everything looks great, we have to develop a listening ear to hear his voice. And when, you know, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is something that's very precious. When he convicts us of something, it's not to put us down or to tear us down, but it's to point us back up towards God. Amen. So when we mess up, come on, get up and get back on track. Amen. All right, let me see where in the world I am. All right, so um, so from glory to glory, he's the, managing, he's the managing director. All right, number three, may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Would you put a circle around that right there? The spirit of truth. He said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And then what does the scripture say? You shall know the and the truth will set you free or make you free. So how important it is, is it that we allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth to us? If it's the truth that makes me free, free from what? Free from sickness? For, you know, to know the truth will make me free from it. See, a lot of people are sick today because they don't know that Jesus has delivered us from sickness. Amen. You know, at, or in poverty or in lack, you know, um, He, that's, that's not, that is not our portion. Amen. He's here to guide us into prosperity, guide us into it. And he's never going to say something to you. A rhema word. Does everybody know what a rhema word is? A rhema word is the spoken word of God. You know how we God's spoken his word in the Bible. It's all written down, right? But how many of you know he's still talking? Still talking to us. So the, the written word of God is called the logos word. And, and the rhema word is the spoken word of God. We hear God all the time. We hear him talking to us. Like when he told me to get out of the line at Starbucks and come and look at this place. Amen. That was a rhema word from God. And so, um, so a rhema word is always going to line up with the logos word. So you can't say, okay, well, God said to do this, but it's contradicted in his word. What you're doing does not line up with what the Bible says. Then that is not faith. That is not a word from God. So, you know, if you're saying, oh, well, I'm going to divorce my husband because God says he's going to give me a better husband. (laughs) I have heard a Christian person say that. Not you, babe. That's not you. That's not you. (laughs) No, I have heard a Christian person that I know say that. She said that to me, and I'm like, what Bible are you reading that you could think that God would say that to you? That 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 is not God. Now, I'm not... Well, let me just move on from there. That's a whole nother sermon. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But but he's not going to say so. He's not going to lead you with a flaky word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to lead you with a flaky word that does not line up with Amen. the Logos word. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. It doesn't line up with what he's already written. If you can't go find it in the word, then that's, that's not God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So he guides you into all truth. All right. Number four. There's no standard without a stand. My first pastor used to say this all the time, and he would say it with such power and such such conviction. He'd say, there's no standard without a stand. So you're, you're managing your life. You're setting a new standard for your life. That means at some point you're going to have to make a stand for it. That It's going to go against your flesh. It's going to go against what you feel like doing. Amen? So you'll have to make a stand um, once you have set a standard. Um, Ephesians six thirteen through 14, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in an evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then Joshua twenty four fifteen. Joshua says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, see, that's real easy to say. But on Sunday morning, on uh, Memorial Day weekend, Sun is shining and it's pretty. Yeah, we're all here. I'm preaching to the choir, you understand? I'm preaching to the choir because we are here. We're not barbecuing at this moment, are we? No, we are here in the church in the house of God. But see, you the, the 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 standard you have to put pressure on discipline so that you'll stand and do what the standard is. Amen. So there's no standard without a stand. I like how David set a standard for his life, for his home. So Number five, managing myself means, man, David was serious about this. Psalm 101, 2 through 7, he said, I will behave wisely and follow the ways of integrity. When will you come to me? Now, listen, I will walk in my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. I will set no worthless or wicked thing before my eyes. I refuse to gaze on that which is evil. I hate the practice of those who fall away from the right path. And anything that moves my heart, uh, away—it should be away, not sway. Anything that moves my heart away from you, it will not grasp hold of me. So if there's something you know that t- moves your heart away from God, and listen, when you compromise in your life, listen to me. When you choose to compromise, your heart won't have come you won't have com- anything that moves. I will not tolerate evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, neighbor. Him will I silence. One translation says, him will I destroy. <laughs> they weren't it. You know, but people need to know that you're not going to allow gossip and don't come around you're encouraging in the Lord. So, you know, we, we have the right to, you know, that's what that button is all about. You know, you have that kind of button in your life. I have the right to purge people out that are, that are dragging me down instead of pushing me up. Amen? I need to hang out with more people who are above me and will push me up rather than drag me down. So you might need to change some of the people who, who are around you. My eyes will be on the faithful or the honorable of the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks blamelessly is the one who will minister to and serve me. My innermost are pure and godly. I mean, you get around some co-workers and they got a nasty mouth. You've heard it so much or that's you, you want to communicate with people. And I'm trying to communicate with you. And then you next thing you know, you'll you'll be using that language. So look, you're not in my innermost circle. I will avoid. You know, talk only as needed basis. As a co worker, as needed only. Amen? I'm not gonna hang with people that, that are are don't have the right uh stuff coming out of their mouth. He who practices deceit will not dwell in my house. He who tells lies I gotta go in second. Too hard for y'all is that too this is too too raw, too real? <clears throat> Because that's something that is so important. <clears throat> Managing, we have to learn to manage doubt and unbelief because doubt is going to come to us at some point. We have a real good devil. He wouldn't be uh, a very good devil if he didn't do his job. And his job is to, to, to plant thoughts, ideas, and suggestions into your mind. And doubt and unbelief is going to come in the form of a thought, an idea, or a suggestion. Because we're, we're setting our, our course to believe God at a higher level, Right. So we have to keep our faith stirred up So you know that he's going to come And bring doubt and unbelief So let's just remind ourselves about how important faith is Number one, faith pleases God Faith pleases God So if I'm going to please God I've got to be in what? In faith And I've got to keep doubt and unbelief away So Hebrews eleven six 6 says But without faith It is impossible to please him For he who comes to God Must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who faith gives me the power to overcome in life. So we all want to please not gonna get done. God, I'm stretched out to an area where, where this is this I can't do this on my own. This you've got to come and do this. I got a dream so big. Bring God a big old bag. God, fill this bag for me because I believe you're that big. See if we're if we're sitting back, then we're not believing God is big enough to do it. Absolutely anything. He can do anything if we can just believe. All things are possible if you can just believe. So we've got to be in faith. He wants to, to call us out to an area of greatness that we haven't tapped into yet. I guarantee you there's some greatness in you that you are not experiencing yet. But he calls us out into greatness. Amen. So number two, faith gives me the power to overcome in life. First John 5, 4. And this is the victory that's overcome the world. What? Our faith, Our faith is the victory that overcomes. So that's how I overcome. So look at the people in the Bible who overcame by faith. The woman with the issue of blood. What does it say? She pressed through the crowd. To t- if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I know I'll be made well. She had a faith declaration. She had a picture in her mind of not being of this uh, issue of blood that she had for 12 years. She had a picture in her mind and a faith confession. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. And then she didn't just sit where she was knowing what she knew. That Jesus could heal. Oh, I'm just waiting on God. I'm still bleeding but I'm waiting on God. No, she got up knowing what she knew and she pressed. She pressed through the crowd. That means that people were thronged all around Jesus. But she pressed her way. And she stretched until just as he was going by, she could just grab the hem of his garment, stop Jesus in his tracks. Who touched me? Peter's like, you're tripping. Jesus, everybody's touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me with faith. I felt virtue flow out of me. And so that virtue flowed into her. And she got her She said immediately she felt that her flow of blood was dried up. So she touched Jesus with with faith. She diligently sought him. She diligently pressed through the crowd. What is it that you're sitting back on and you're not pressing through? Where is it that you're just waiting and you're not pressing? What is that one thing you could do that would unlock the virtue of God, that would show your faith? Because that's where he's going to meet you. So the woman with the issue of blood, look, what did Jesus say? Daughter, your faith has made you well. What made her well? Your faith has made you well. So I would say it's pretty important that we don't allow doubt and unbelief to come in, right? Because her... Help me preach this morning, y'all. Wake up. Her faith. made her whole or made her, made her well, all right? There was the one leper who came back. Ten lepers came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we heard you've been healing, folks. Heal us. Jesus is like, okay, let it be done just as you've said. Go go, um, w- wash yourselves and go, or go show yourselves to the priest. And so they, as they're going, as they're going, as they're going, they saw that they, they were healed. Yeah. That it was no more leprosy. The leprosy is gone. And one of them turned around and came back and fell down and worshiped Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You, you've, you've, you've healed me. You've healed me. And look what Jesus said to him in Luke 17, 19. He says, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So what made him whole? His faith made him whole. And then there's the Canaanite woman who followed after Jesus and the disciples until they were so worried with her they they had had it with her. They said, Jesus, this woman's getting on our nerves. Make her go away. Jesus didn't say anything. She's like, have mercy on me. Uh, Jesus have mercy on me. I need, I need some help. My daughter's got, you don't know what, this girl's flipping all around. She's tearing everything up in the house. I can't deal with this anymore. Jesus, I need you. I know that you can do this. I know you can fix this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus help me. Jesus ignored her. But that didn't deter her faith. She kept coming. She kept coming. And, 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 uh, Jesus didn't answer her a word. And, and then he said, look, it's not good that we take the, the, the um, children's bread and give it to the little dogs. So now Jesus has just called her a dog. But that didn't d- deter her faith. She said, yeah, but even the little dogs get, dogs get to eat the crumbs from under the table. All I need is a crumb. She had mustard seed faith. I just need a crumb, Jesus. You just give me a crumb. I know a crumb will be enough to heal my daughter because I know who you are. And look what he said, Matthew 15, 28. He said, oh, woman. This woman he just called a dog, the one he just ignored. He's like, oh, woman, great is your, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was what? Healed from that very hour. Praise God. Now we have Mary of Bethany anointing the feet of Jesus, crying, washing his. You didn't give me any oil to anoint my head with oil. That was customary as well, to anoint your guests with oil as they came in. You didn't do anything for me. But this woman. <clears throat> prostitute. She felt the conviction. cried out after Jesus. Jesus. Son of David. Have mercy on me. Jesus. Jesus. Cried out. Cried out. Cried out after him. And uh, they all told him to be quiet. He said. Even louder. He cried out even louder. So. Jesus stopped in his tracks. When he heard the man continue to cry. He stopped in his tracks. And he said, bring him here to me. And he waited for them to bring the blind man to him. Brought the blind. Faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. So what made him well? What gave him is so important that we, that we keep away doubt. And un- more like family than your real family. He had, a, he had a servant that was more like a son to him than, than his own children or his own people. And he said, he's sick. He's very sick, Jesus. Now, this is a Roman soldier. You want me to come? to word worthy that you should come to my house. He said, but just, just say the word. You know, I say to this one, go, and I know he goes. Or I say to the other one, come, and I know he comes. Why? Because I have authority. So he said, I know. Just, I've been walking with y'all all this time, and I haven't heard any of y'all talk like this one man who's a Roman soldier. My God. He marveled at the man's faith. He said, look, go your way. He said, you know, he said, he said, I haven't seen such faith in anybody. Everybody else was like, Jairus, come come heal her. She's about to die. Come on, come heal her, come heal her, come heal her. The woman with the issue of blood. If I could just touch. See, but isn't God wonderful that he meets us where our faith is? But he said, go your way as you have believed so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. So number three, my faith has the power to transform situations and issues because it invites How every one of these people. They all had an issue. They all had a situation. But faith transformed and invited the supernatural to come in and do what they could not do. Amen. Now look at Abraham, Hebrews eleven eight. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going so he went out god called him out and that's what i'm saying god's called calling you out to greatness today too he called he called abraham out you know abraham was meant for more than just to be chilling in earth He was just chilling in her. Kick back. When God came and said, Abraham, I want you to get away from everything you know, every person you know, and I want you to come out and trust me. I'm going to make you a great nation. I want you to come out with me. Where are we going? Don't worry. Just come on. So he went out not knowing where, not knowing how God was going to do it, but he obeyed at a not knowing level. Believing that he had heard God's voice. I've been with the bishop this week, with the apostle. And that's the thing that he drove home to us the most. Is that, that you've got to know there's enough power in his word to bring it to pass. The word contains enough power to bring it to pass. So he started on that journey make of him a great nation. And he did make of him a great nation. That nation is Israel even though it's little bitty. Barely as big as what? Conrad. Why? Because it's a, it's a nation that was founded on a man's faith in God, the only nation like wipe them off the map. Amen. So anyway, back to back to it here. So doubt. What is doubt? It's a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. So we can't get to a place where we feel uncertain or we have a lack of con, of, of conviction. So what causes us to are finding an answer, believing God for an answer, or stepping out towards an answer? You know, you cannot focus on what's wrong. you got to focus on what God says. Amen? You know, when Peter got out of the boat during a storm, and then somehow he gets the other leg out, and he's like, I am standing on the water. But then he's got to let go of the boat at some point and walk on water. But the Bible says that so doubting the waves, he allowed his circumstances to tell him he could not do what he was already doing. He was already walking on the water, but he let the wind and the waves tell him he could not do it. And he was already doing it. And he began to get focused on. See, he, he was focused on the wind and the waves. First thing in the morning, are you focused on that situation? Are you focused on, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And then you imagine in your mind all the things that could go wrong. And then we use our imagination and our faith to think of terrible things that are going to happen and my car is going to get repossessed and I'm going to lose my house and I'm going to be on the streets. you, you, You use your imagination to think of all the things that could go wrong rather than thinking of The power of God. I mean, first thing in the morning, you got to get up and say, God, you're a mighty God this morning. Anything I'm going to face today, God, I thank you that you're going to show me how to get through it. You're going to show me how to rise up and conquer over it. I thank you today, Father God, that you have made me to be an overcomer. I'm not just an overcomer, but I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. So I thank you today, Father God, that you are showing me, that you are working it out, that you are rolling stones behind the scenes. God, I thank you that as I put my feet on this floor and I stand up in this room, that, Lord, you have absolutely taken care of everything. Everything that concerns me, and I know that all things work together for good. So whatever I face today, it's going to work together for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. So God, I thank you today that I'm focused on you, that you are on my mind, that you are a mighty God. That things you did for Daniel, you could do for me. Anything that was out to destroy Daniel was the lions and the lions den. They did not destroy him. So God, I thank you. There's nothing going to destroy me today. Any ocean that's in my way, Lord, you're able to part it. Anything that looks impossible when I'm between a rock in a hard place, I will look up. I will look up to the hills to see where my help is coming from. Amen. Hallelujah. That ought to be how we are first thing in the morning, that we're not worried about how we're going to get through, how we're going to make it. Oh, po pitiful me. No, but we get up in the morning, we become the conqueror that we are. We stand up and rise up in the Word of God and begin to speak His Word. That's where the power is at, is in your mouth. But you got to keep it stored up in your heart so you can get up and get it out of your mouth. Hallelujah. So what are you focused on? If you've got to put note cards or sticky notes all over your bathroom mirror so there's just a little place for you to brush your teeth. Put sticky notes everywhere. When you, when you get so used to looking at those, you don't read them anymore, snatch them all down and put up a whole new set. Amen. Amen. Do what you've got to do. Manage yourself. Yeah. Manage your focus. Amen. Number B. So the first one is focusing on the wrong thing. Your focus wrong. You've got to get your focus right. And then B is the fear of failure. And I talked about this just for a moment. But you'll begin to doubt and have unbelief when you begin to focus like Peter did on fear. Like, well, what if I sink? What if I fall? What if it doesn't happen like I said it's going to happen? What if you're so bold, you've told everybody your faith declaration, you've told everybody what you're going to do, and then you start to think, well, what if it doesn't work? I'm going to look stupid. Make yourself of no reputation. I am not afraid, for God has not given unto me the spirit of fear. you got to know that when you start to fear, that is a spirit, and it's up to you to run it off, have dominion over it. God has not given unto me the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So get out of here, devil. Be just like Jesus. Say, get behind me, Satan. Get up under my feet. That's where you belong. Shut up. Don't let him be the only one talking. You need to talk back. James 1, 6 through 8 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts, see, fa- fear will cause you to doubt. Doubt your ability. Doubt God's ability. In fear, what did I say? Fear is, is factoring the equation without God in it. You better put God back in your mouth. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, unmanaged. That's like a boat that's unmanaged. Unmanaged. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded. Be double-minded. Amen? Amen. All right. And then another reason that we will doubt is C, flawed faith criteria. Your faith criteria is flawed. And what do you mean by that? Okay, one of the disciples handpicked by Jesus named Thomas. Doubting Thomas. <laughs> they call him Doubting Thomas. He's, he, he's, he's famous for being a doubter. He, his uh, faith criteria was, I will not believe unless I see. See, our faith criteria is that we walk by faith and not by sight. And we speak to our circumstances until they line up with what it is that I, that I see in the spirit realm. When I close my eyes, if you could see what I see. Amen. And so we... Um, we have to fix our, our criteria. If I have to see this, this, or this before, I'll believe. We believe without seeing. John twenty twenty five it says, So he said to them, this is what, this is what uh, Thomas said, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my fingers... Then he says to Thomas, Hey, Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here, right? That's what we're trying to keep. He says, Do not be unbelieving. But believing, God wouldn't say be it because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who... Y'all see that? That's your your next blank right there. Y'all see it? Is it on your paper? Rise above sea level. S-E-E level. Not sea level, but rise above sea level. I'm on a level way above sea level. I'm way up here in the spirit realm, seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I'm seeing from his vantage point. Amen? If I can just believe all things are possible. Hallelujah. All right. And so um, rise above sea level. All right. Then D, another reason that we get into doubt and unbelief is failing to hear enough word. If you're not hearing enough word, you're not going to have any faith. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes to me when I hear the word. So if I'm not hearing any word, I'm not going to have any faith. Right? So if you fail to hear enough word, you're not going to have enough faith because the spirit of faith comes to me. You know, God changed Abraham's name as he called him out. You know, it was like half my life. We were all excited in the beginning, and then we began to kind of wear it out a little bit. What I love about God is that even though, even though Abraham got out there, and got off, and y'all make a baby, and we'll just let that be our baby. Because they wanted that baby so bad. But they decided they somebody today. But Abraham had to hear 25 years to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. So every time he heard his name, he heard father of a multitude, father of a multitude, father of a multitude. Of a multitude. Every time they said, <laughs> Romans 7, 17. So anyway, you have to hear it. What you hear on a continual basis, that's going to cause you to have faith. Faith doesn't come by what you heard. Or what you know, it comes by what you hear on a continual basis. All right, number three, we have to believe there's enough power in his word to bring it to pass. There's enough power in his word to bring it to pass and pre-programmed. This card was pre-programmed to give me access into things that were locked out to everybody else. There were things that were set aside just for me, available to me with this key. Amen. So I thought that was so cool as I would put, you just hold, you just hold the key against the thing by the door, click. The door unlocks it, and you go right in. I'm telling you, God has enough power in His Word to bring it to pass. The Word is pre-programmed to come to pass. It's pre-programmed to open up the doors. It's pre-programmed to heal your body. It's pre-programmed to bring provision into your life. The Word is pre-programmed to bring goodness to you. you, You're pre-programmed to experience the goodness of God. Amen. The Word is pre-programmed to bring it to pass. It's like, you know... Beep. Speak the word beep. You know, even if there's no beep, there'd just be a little click, which meant you got access. Open it up. You know, when you speak into the spirit realm, man, angels go in. they go to work on your behalf. What did the angel tell Daniel? I've come because of your words. The moment you spoke, I was sent to you and I've come because of your words. Amen. So angels go to work. Demons are shut word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. Come on, beep. Beep. It's programmed. Y'all, this is powerful. It's programmed in the word when you speak it. Beep. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Beep. we got to use the word. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful. See, this just looks like a card, but it's magnetically pre-programmed with some stuff. See, it doesn't seem like speaking something out of your mouth would make a big difference, but it's pre-programmed with some power. Number four, spending time with God is main thing. Let's put the V in there. It's the main thing. <laughs> and I must choose it. You know, when Mary used to sit at the feet of Jesus and, and Martha got all upset with thing, it's good for me to serve, but I need to sit at his feet. Um, Luke, one thing is needed, and I must choose it. One thing is needed, and I must choose it. Sounds like i got to manage myself into spending time with God, right? Sounds like I need to manage myself to making sure I get my behind in here on church on Sunday. I know I'm preaching to the crowd. Amen. I I, I need to make sure I get myself here to celebrate recovery on Tuesday, and I need to manage myself. Amen. Amen. All right, number five, effective. Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work. We do what? We know. We know. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. So we, some things that we know will cause us to have, to have more um, boldness. When I know something, I'm more bold about it, right? And so Abraham, Abraham believed God, and God accounted it unto him for righteousness. But we look back over the resume of his life, and there were times where he messed up. He lied and said Sarah was his sister and not his wife. He wavered. He did. He messed up when you go back and read the story. But God rewrote his resume because he took it from believing to knowing. How do we know that he did that? We know that he that you know um, that that uh, it took a, it was a long time. Isaac was a long time in coming. But um, and you know they, they made their own Ishmael and all that. But he, even even though in the beginning he believed God, he stepped out on faith. But he went to knowing when God told him, he says, "Take now your son." your only son and come offer him a sacrifice to me. Abraham didn't say boo. He got up, saddled the donkey, took the wood, took the fire, took everything he needed. He didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't stumble, stammer, nothing. God, you got to be tripping. You have not believed in this boy for 25 years and now you want me to go burn him up? A burnt offering. Sacrifice him. And offer him a burnt offering to me. See, Abraham could have been, God, you're crazy. How, I, I'm through with this. Why would you ask me to offer something back? But it, the Bible says he did not have that argument with God. By this time, he was so convinced and so persuaded that he went right up to the Mount Moriah where, where God told him to go. And he laid the boy out and was getting ready to slay the boy. And God said, Abraham, Abraham. Don 't kill him, I provide my own. But see, Abraham got to the place of being so fully persuaded he knew that if I kill this boy and if I raise him and if, and if I burn him up, God, you're able to raise him up even from the ashes. He was so convinced, God, you will raise him up from the ashes. so that's why he went for, he was so convinced he went from the place of believing to the place of knowing. See when I got ready to get this place. And God got me out of the line at the Starbucks and he sent me over here to look at this place. I knew God, I knew I had heard. So when I'm sitting there in the office with the with the man to sign the contract and he tells me, "Well, somebody else wants to to rent it and they want to rent both sides cuz right through that door is our new sanctuary that we will have, you know, ready shortly. But that's our new sanctuary through there and uh, the, the other people wanted to rent this space and that space. I only wanted this space to start out and then I would get that later on." So he said, He said, yeah, so I I told him I'd give him a week. So I'm like, I I stuck my finger in his face because I had gone from believing to knowing. I had already been down here and taped off the floor how I wanted it to be, where I wanted stuff to go and all of that. I would already taped it all off and I, I knew what I wanted to do. So I came down here to just worship God during that week. You know, God, I need you to build my faith because I'd want to get full of fear. And say, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell the people if we don't get this place? We've all got our faith out there on the line. What am I going to do? Fear tried to get in my heart and get me to, to back up or have a plan B ready. There is no plan B when you're believing God. That's when you know it's God. There's not a, there's not a, there's not a plan B, God. I'm so far out here on this water. So I knew. I, knew, I was at a place of knowing you wrong for doing that. I said, but let me just tell you this. I said, you go tell that owner that God got me out of the Starbucks line, I know that I heard God's voice. And so you go tell that owner that that other deal ain't never going to work because God's in this one. He said, well, I don't mind telling him. I said, well, go on and tell him. (laughs) Amen. So I came down here during that week. It was the longest week of my life. I came down here during that week, and I walked around on this floor, I worshiped God on the stage over there. I worshiped God in that room on that stage. I began to praise God and the, the other hateful people that were going to get this place had pulled all my tape up, balled it up, and put it on a ladder for me to just show me, you're not getting this. What prophetic word has been spoken over your life? What is that word in the Bible that you're standing on? God, if you did it for the woman with the issue of blood, you've got to heal my body. I'm believing you just like she did. What is that prophetic word that you get to the place where, you know what, I'm being, you know what God said? what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Father, we thank you that you're able to do what, you're able to perform what you promised, God. There's enough power in your word to bring it to pass. It will not return unto you void. Your word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, it's able to fix our marriages. It's able to fix our homes and our families that might be torn apart. Lord God, your word is alive and it's powerful. It's able to fix our finances, God, when we do the word. God, we just thank you in Jesus' name for any, anywhere where, we're, where, where our, our supply has been held up. We speak to it now and say, come forth in Jesus' name. We bind every hindering spirit now in the name of Jesus and declare that we're free to prosper. We're free to receive the wisdom of God towards prosperity. Thank you, Father God. There's enough power in your word to bring it to pass. You became poor that we might become rich and abundantly supplied. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord God, our provider. So we give you praise and glory. And thank you this morning for being so awesome and so wonderful. God, we thank you that you sent your word and healed us. Everywhere we hurt, we declare the healing power of God is released in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, in our emotions, anywhere in our finances that need to be healed, anything in our families or our lives that need to be healed. We release the healing virtue of God now with our faith. We tug on the hem of your garment with our, with our faith, Lord God. We touch the hem of your garment, and we declare that we are every bit whole and healed. Thank you, Lord. Anywhere where we have blind spots. Lord, anywhere that needs to be managed that we are just overlooking. We all have blind spots, God. We ask you through the power and, the, and through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, through our time that we spend with you in prayer, time in the word that, Lord, you reveal to us those things that we are the problem. Areas where we need to make a course correction. We thank you, Lord, that we hear your voice. We get back on track. Lord, the righteous man might fall seven times, but he gets back up again. So, Lord, we thank you that we got to get back up power on the inside of us. We will not stay down. We will not stay broken. We will not stay messed up. But, God, we will arise, and we will let you put your hands on us, God. We just say, have your way. Y'all just slip up your hands right now where you are. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you that you are the potter and we are the clay. We ask you, Lord, to manage us and make us, that, Lord, you put pressure on us to get us in the center of your will. Lord, anywhere where we're out of order or out of line or not in the center of the wheel or the center of your will, Lord God, we ask you to, to put pressure on us. Lord, we thank you for the correcting power of the Holy Spirit, that you correct us that we manage ourselves by hearing the voice of God. Lord, we declare that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, to us. We are the church. So we hear your voice and the voice of the stranger we will not follow. Show us, God, how to be better CEOs, how to be better managers of our lives, how to not doubt your word. But Lord, when you say something to us, Lord, we know there's enough power in what you said. To bring it to pass. So we will not doubt. We will stand. And having done all to stand. We will stand therefore. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. But we will stand Lord. As the overcomers that you have made us. And the more than conquerors that we are. Through Christ's Break in your heart. direction of everything. I am the one you are to look to. I will never fail you. And I have loved you with an everlasting love. And my love is hard to let Say yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But God doesn't compare us to one another. He compares us to his own glory. and We all fall short. So the wages and the penalty of sin is death and eternal separation from God. But the good news of the gospel is that for God so loved the world. All right. Well, it's offering time. Amen. So this is where we get to get in.